Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi, I am going to start by saying up to this point, we have tried, when I say we, Dave and I have tried to present you with a bit of a polished podcast. And Dave has done some fantastic editing. But from this point on, you will find the Grieving Parent Sharing Hope podcast won't have quite the same quality we have been aiming for in the past. We live in a motorhome, in case you didn't know that, and there are sounds around us everywhere. And I usually record at night when it's dark to have the best chance of these sounds not going on around me, and I'll stop when I hear a vehicle going by or something happening. But the reality is this is our life, and I really want to bring you with us. So from now on, you're going to get to hear exactly what I hear day or night. You might hear birds chirping. You might hear some big rig driving past us, finding its parking spot. You might hear walnuts dropping on the roof. You might even hear Dave opening the bedroom door behind me not knowing I'm recording. (laughs) Or who knows what you're going to hear. Right now, I have my windows wide open, and there's a great breeze that's blowing by me, and there are actually birds that are singing once in a while. And it just seems crazy to close all of this up to record, especially since the topic of this episode is joy. And being surrounded by such beautiful things, such beauty that God created just for us, for our enjoyment, it just elevates my mood, which I need. So I'm hoping that you'll hear the birds singing in the background. And if it doesn't put a smile on your face, that it will at least warm your heart a bit. So let's go ahead and get to the topic. Joy is something that I have been asking God about for a few years now, especially after Becca died. Because, to be honest, it's hard to find. It's really hard to find. And it has sent me on a journey. What exactly is joy? How do I get it back in my life? Because I... (laughs) I want joy. I want joy back in my life. I don't want to live the rest of my life without having joy. So I want to share with you a few things that I have learned in this journey. First, I have learned that joy is an undercurrent. And you've probably heard me say this before or read it in my books or blogs or somewhere. But joy is an undercurrent that can run underneath my emotions. It's like a peace, a contentment. It's a, well, that peace is beyond understanding. It doesn't make sense for one thing, okay? It's, it's a confidence that, a belief that God still has me in his hands. And it's a hope that my life hasn't come to an end. I've been told most of my Christian life that happiness is based on circumstances around us, is external, and joy comes from within, it's internal. It's in spite of our circumstances. And I do believe that. And that's the undercurrent I was just talking about. But the thing is, when you read scripture, how often does it say, and there was great joy because, you know, a report came, a word came, uh, a victory came, something happened that caused joy. Or we read about um, shouts of joy or make a joyful noise. So that tells me that there is 
an emotion of happiness that is joy because of a circumstance. Something good happened. I think about Rhoda when Paul was put in prison and they were praying for him to get out and an angel released him. Peter, I'm sorry, it was Peter. And an angel released him and he goes knocking on the door of where they're praying and she's <laughs> she's so excited she forgets to let him in, but she's full of joy. Okay, so circumstances do bring joy. It's not just happiness. So there is an emotion of happiness that is joy because of a circumstance. And this is the thing that I am wanting and needing. I want to have joy in my life that makes me feel that euphoric happiness when something good happens in my life because there are still good things happening all around me. And there are good things happening all around you. But I really feel like I can't quite break through to that joy. When something should make me feel good and fully alive, it's like, I don't know, it's like there's a ceiling there. I just still can't quite get there. And I know that I say all the time, so much of our journey is a choice. When our child dies and that darkness and that grief comes on us, that is not a choice. And we have to work our way through that darkness. We have to walk through that. We have to be carried through that. It's not even like we can walk through it, is it? But we do get to a point where we can start to make choices. And it's the same with joy. I do believe that we get to choose when to open the door, a crack, just a crack even, to let joy back in. And I have chosen it. But I feel like I haven't quite had that full breakthrough that I really want and I really need. And if I'm struggling, I'm guessing many of you are as well, especially during this Christmas season when everything around us are memories of the joy we used to have because of our child who's no, no longer here with us. So I want to talk about some things that we, meaning you and me, can try to do to get that joy to either poke its head out now and then or to have that full breakthrough like I'm looking for. First of all, how about if we make a joy list and pick something from it each week? Grief is so hard and it's draining and choosing to work toward joy and happiness may seem overwhelming, especially if we aren't even sure we want to or think we should ever have joy in our lives ever again. But that thought right there might be enough to make you think that maybe working towards joy is a good thing. Because think about it. Do you really want to stay where you are? Do you really want to stay where you are for the rest of your life? For another five years, 10 years, 20 years? We don't know how long we're going to be here. And missing out on the wonderful things, like I already said, that are going on all around us is that really what we want? I know that that's one of those paradoxes because yes, we know there are wonderful things going on all around us and yet that can make us angry because our lives have come to a full standstill, right? But we can also have that perspective that there are still wonderful things going on all around us, which means at some point it will be there when we're ready to enter in. So that can be a good thing that life does go on. And I remember sitting at a, a stoplight one time, fairly, I don't know, it was like two or three years after Becca died. And I remember thinking specifically 
that I had no clue what anybody I was seeing in my eyesight had gone through. People sitting in their cars or walking across the, the crosswalk. Some of those may have lost a child many years ago, and their life has gone on. Somehow, they are living a life, a, a good life. I don't know, but somehow they're here in this same, you know, I can see them. I have no clue what the people around me have gone through, and their life has gone on. You've heard me share my story, probably, about in the cemetery. One of those times where I turned a corner in my life in, in this grief journey was looking around at all these other tombstones, and I spent a lot of time in the cemetery. And I would walk around and I would read these tombstones, and obviously how old someone was when they passed and there were so many children and so many young adults that passed and I remember one time standing there looking around at all these other tombstones that I had wandered around so often and thinking their families made it somehow every single tombstone here represents a family whose life has gone on and if they can do it then somehow I can do it too so the question is, do we really want to live the rest of our lives in this dark, dark place with no hope and just living in a shell, waiting to die? I don't. And I think all of us come to a point, and some of us, it takes three years, five years. I know of a couple of parents who it took them 10 years to get to the point where I just, I can't be in this darkness anymore. I can't keep doing this. At some point, we have to figure out how to live with our children not here. It's like an amputation. And Becca, our daughter, had her leg amputated when she was three years old. She had bone cancer, went through nine months of chemotherapy, and had her little left leg amputated. So we had a front row seat to what it's like to have an amputation and to live with an amputation. And that's what it's like for us as parents who have lost a child, our, our child has been amputated from us. A part of our very being has been cut off from us. And we have to figure out how to live again with that part of us missing. Life will never be the same. We're never going to be able to do all the things we used to do. In watching our daughter Becca, there were things that she could not do. There were things that she could do, but it looked very different. She couldn't keep up with the other kids. She had to run. It looked really strange when she ran, the way she'd kick out her prosthetic leg. It was more of a skippy, hoppy thing. And she couldn't go as fast as the other kids, but she could still run. And she made sure. She did. She swam. I mean, she lived a very full and fulfilling life. Every single day, throughout the entire day, it was in her face that she had a prosthetic leg, that she was missing a leg, that a leg had been taken from her. But she didn't let that stop her from living a fulfilled life. It didn't look like the other kids. It didn't look like the other people around her as she grew into adulthood. But she lived a very full and fulfilling life. And it's the same for us. We have had our child amputated from us, but it is possible to learn how to live a fulfilled life life that is full of good things again and full of joy. So why not start now? Or at least decide you want to try to take tiny steps in that direction. You can stay where you are in the darkness or you can decide it's time to take even just one step toward the light. And what if that doesn't work? Well then you give yourself some time and you try it again just like a child learning to walk. And if it does work you are now one step closer to figuring out how to live a life of meaning and purpose, not in spite of their death, but because of his or her life. 
So how do you start small? When something happens that could put a smile on your face, let it happen. Give into it. Tell yourself it's okay to smile or to laugh quietly to yourself and allow it to release. That good feeling in you is trying to come out. Allow it to come out. Tell yourself this is a happy moment and I choose to enter into it instead of stay as an outsider barricading the door shut. It's okay to feel happy even if it's just for a few seconds. There's something that I heard talking to Gloria Horsley who is the founder of Open to Hope along with her daughter Dr. Heidi Horsley and we've done some things together webinars and things and one of the things that she talked about is to make yourself smile. Smiling, actually the muscles that it takes to smile, releases endorphins, these, those feel-good endorphins in our bodies. It's amazing how God created us. But just making ourselves smile for a few minutes will actually release those endorphins and make us start feeling better emotionally. And she suggested even if you put a pencil a, you know, in your mouth through your teeth, that forces your lips to go up into a smile. And it's those muscles that release those endorphins. So you may want to, when you're really feeling down and discouraged, and it's like, I just, <laughs> I need something to lift me up here, put a pencil between your teeth and make yourself smile and hold it there for a few seconds and see if those endorphins start getting released in you. So back to what I was going to say. In the past, you may have heard me suggest keeping a thankfulness journal. Something very similar is a joy journal. So at the end of each day, write down the one thing that brought a smile, even if it was just for a brief moment on the inside. Then after a couple of weeks, start writing down a couple of things that made you smile each day. In a couple more weeks, increase it to four or five things that actually made you feel a little lighter, brighter, brought a smile. Maybe it made you laugh a little bit even. One thing that does is it causes our brains to subconsciously start looking for the things that make us happy. How that works is if you've ever, okay, let me give this example. There's a certain car. You're car shopping and you decide you're going to buy, okay, this happened to me, a Mini Cooper years ago. Okay, Dave bought me a Mini Cooper. I went from my big family conversion van to one of those fun Mini Coopers. And we didn't see a lot of Mini Coopers around until we were looking at buying one and I bought one and then it was like they were everywhere. Now, Mini Coopers aren't everywhere, but I started seeing them so much more than I ever saw them before. Well, that's because my subconscious mind was thinking Mini Cooper, and so my brain was, was looking for that information, looking for Mini Coopers. If you've noticed during pregnancy, everywhere you look, women are pregnant. Well, that's because subconsciously you're thinking about pregnancy. Your mind, it begins to filter, and it filters those things that you're thinking about. And so it's the same with doing like a joy journal or a thankful journal your mind subconsciously starts looking for those things. It starts filtering for those things. And so just starting something like that will help your mind to start moving in that direction and looking for things that might bring you joy. How about what are the things that you used to enjoy doing? Did you maybe like to bake special breads or watch old sitcoms? Go to art galleries, read novels, go for long bike rides. Or if you live in a snowy winter place, maybe cross-country skiing, paint ceramics. 
What are the things that brought you joy before your child died? And find a way to incorporate at least one of those things back into your life and add them as you can. You know, we don't want to try to overwhelm ourselves and do them all at once. But maybe make a list of the things that used to bring you joy. And there may be things that it's like, there's no way I can do that because I did that with my child. That's okay. But find some of those things that used to bring you joy and start doing at least one of them. Pick one of those things off of your list. Call it your joy list. And each week, which, which thing am I going to do from my joy list? Now, here's another idea. Maybe there's something you wanted to learn how to do, but you just never have. Maybe learn a different language. Maybe learn how to paint. Maybe, I don't know, shoot a bow and arrow. Who knows? But go ahead and go for it. This is a great time to do that because, you know why. I, I don't have to explain it to you, but this is a great time to pick up something new that you've always wanted to learn how to do. Find someone to teach you and learn how to do it. And do it and get good at it for your child. This is something you can do. I'm learning how to do this. And if you want to imagine them watching you and and cheering you on and being proud of you as you get better and better at this activity, and you may find maybe it's writing a book. I don't know what it is, but there's something in you. I just know there's something in you that you always wanted to do, that you always wanted to learn how to do or a project that you wanted to do. And now is the time that you can do it. And once again, music. Music is a huge tool. God created music as a pathway to our soul. And our soul is what determines, it's like the gatekeeper to our spirit and to our flesh. Our soul decides, am I going to lean in my fleshly nature? Am I going to choose to continue in my depression and darkness? Or my soul decides, am I going to step out and work and break through and let my spirit come through and be in charge instead of my fleshly nature. And music will do that. Music will take you down. Music will lift you up. And so once again, music is a tool that you can use to bring joy back into your life. I think about when I said earlier in this podcast, how rejoicing, right? Shouts of joy, singing with joy. Music brings joy if we listen to the right music. There's one song that I put on a lot. It's by Point of Grace, Turn Up the Music, I think is what it's called. And I love that song. When I get down, that's one of the songs that I will just put in, crank up, and put on repeat. That's me. Find those songs. Make a list of them that will bring joy back into your life, even if it's just for those 10 minutes or however long your song plays or the list plays. I'm going to talk about Christmas itself right now. If you don't have other children in your home that need to celebrate Christmas, you know what I mean, or maybe you do. Maybe you have one or two children at home, and losing their sibling, of course, is devastating for them. It can be hard to be with family during the holidays, and it can also be hard to be by yourself. It's like, what do we do? Well, how about starting a new Christmas tradition? Serve at a soup kitchen Christmas Day. Find one in your area. Maybe you can go there, help cook, and then help serve. Jesus came to give so much to us. So why not use Christmas Day to give to others? 
And I've had so many parents, I just had another one tell me this week that when I'm helping others, there's something about it that it helps me. It helps me with my grief when I can reach out and help others in some way. So I really do believe it will help you also. You don't have to stay at home Christmas Day and open presents. You can, but you can also do something like serving at a soup kitchen. Find a place where you can serve and minister to others. And one more thing I want to add about joy is that joy is one of those fruits of the Spirit that Galatians 5 talks about. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, and on it goes. Fruit is seasonal. This is something that was brought to my attention just this last week. Fruit is seasonal. That means that at some point that tree closes down and all the leaves fall off. It looks like it's dead. Then a season comes along, the buds begin to come on, the flowers begin to bloom, and then they turn into fruit and that fruit grows. And then it goes through another season. So fruit is seasonal. So joy any of those fruits in the Spirit, it does not mean that they're going to be operating fully in our lives all the time. So if I'm not feeling joy, I don't need to feel guilty about it. Same with you. I'm looking and praying for more joy in my life, but I have to remember that fruit is seasonal. And so the fruit inside of me, what the Holy Spirit is doing inside of me in growing his fruit in me is going to be seasonal. So there may be times where that joy is dormant and that's okay because the Holy Spirit is always doing a work in us. Whether we can see it or not, there's always life. His life is flowing through us to grow that fruit for the next season. So I am going to challenge myself to get past the ceiling of this joy that I seem to be hitting that I just can't seem to break through. I'm going to challenge myself and I want to know who wants to do this with me. I'm going to work on this for the next couple of months. I think I'm going to study it out. I'm going to immerse myself in verses about joy. I'm going to continue to ask God to produce that fruit in me through the Holy Spirit living inside of me. And if you want to join me, just let me know. Let me know in the comments. Email me, laura at gpshope.org. And I think maybe in a couple of months, I'll do another podcast on the subject of joy. And I'll let you know how things are going for me. And if you, if God is showing you things about joy, send them my way. Please, let's learn from each other. Definitely. And I want to let you know, none of this was taken from the Advent book. Hope for the Future and Advent Journey for Bereaved Parents. Some of these podcasts have been based on the book. This one, as far as I know, there's nothing in the book. <laughs> Maybe there is, but I didn't turn to the book for any of this. And if you're wondering what I'm talking about, every Advent season during Christmas, I get on live Facebook and we light a candle and I read a section of this book, Hope for the Future and Advent Journey for Bereaved Parents. And we share our Sunday evenings together, just maybe 10 minutes or so. And we talk about the first candle, I believe, is hope. The second one is peace. This week is joy. And the next one, the last one, will be love. So if you are listening to this podcast in a timely manner of when this is posted, Sunday the 24th, I believe it is, will be the last one. Join us Sunday, 8.30 p.m. on our Facebook page. Grieving Parents Sharing Hope, GPS Hope, and 830 Central. And join us for the lighting of that last candle if you can. I'd love to have you be part of that.
And now I want to let you know about something that I am pretty excited about. We want to let you, our listeners, sponsor a podcast episode in your child's honor. So starting in January, there will be dates out there. You get to pick the episode, the date of the episode. Your son or your daughter will be acknowledged in that episode, including something that you want our listeners to know about your child. I mentioned this last week, and I'll just give the same example that I gave last week. So it might go something like this. Today's podcast is sponsored by Dave and Laura Deal, parents of Becca Deal Howard. Becca was full of joy and had a wonderful laugh everyone loved. She could make anything fun, including her life in the hospital. Becca's love, talent, and anointing for worship was a blessing to many, including the songs she wrote. Becca is very missed, and her family is looking forward to the day they see her again, healed and whole, including seeing her dance on two legs. So that is an example of how your child would be acknowledged on the podcast, and I would thank you for sponsoring today's episode of the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. So all it takes to sponsor a podcast in your child's memory that will be heard for years to come is a $200 tax-deductible donation to GPS Hope. You get to choose, like I said, the date. So if that is something you're interested in, you can either look on the links in the show notes that you can click on that will take you directly there, or just go to the gpshope.org slash store, go to the store on the website, and scroll down until you see the spot where you can sponsor a podcast episode in honor of your child. We would love to be able to tell our listeners about your child on whatever special day or episode you would like that done. Or you might want to consider something that we're starting. We're calling it Hope for Hundreds. We want to give you a chance to help GPS Hope give hope to hundreds of perivers each week by supporting GPS Hope at $100 a month. And this is going to supply resources and help us with ongoing support to other perivers coming up behind you. And as our sincere thank you for this, not only will you get to choose what podcast episode will be in honor of your child, not only will we add your child on the Hope Mobile in an in loving memory heart, you will also be enrolled as a student in the When Tragedy Strikes Hope and Healing course at the coaching level, which means that you will get eight weeks of my personal input and encouragement on your grief journey. So if this is something that you're interested in, go to gpshope.org slash support. And that is where you go to make a monthly gift to GPS Hope. And when we see that you have done that, we will contact you and ask you about what episode you want to sponsor, the name and the information for the heart, what color you want. And we will get you enrolled in the When Tragedy Strikes Hope and Healing course. So that's just another thing to think about. It's a win-win for everybody because you get so much in honor of your child and you will be helping GPS Hope continue giving support and resources to other perivers who are coming up behind you. A lot of perivers who don't even know they're going to need us yet. So just a couple of things to consider. And now let's go ahead with our birthday segment. I want to start out by saying on the day that this podcast comes out on Tuesday, December 17th, 
it will be my dad's first birthday in heaven. And I know this is normally for our kids, but I just want to tell my dad happy birthday in heaven. And so from there, let's go ahead and share our children. We have Austin Smith, who was born on December 18th and is forever 30. Carissa Perkins was born on December 21st and is forever 29. And we have Dylan Bieber, who was also born on December 21st and is forever 16. We celebrate with your families the day that these children came into this world and blessed their families and their friends, and we celebrate the life that they lived here on earth. As we get closer to Christmas and head into the new year, I know that's rough on a lot of us, I just want to remind you to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.